Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast, an Jets audio experience hosted by me, Tyler, and we're back with another episode of the Game Plan Pod. Hopefully, you guys have had a good week thus far, recording this on a Wednesday evening as always. And a big episode here um, is I want to go over, uh, you know, the draft and everything that went along with that, as well as some more Roger stuff. And, you know, everything just surrounding the New York Jets right now, it's a good time um, to be a Jet, a Jets fan, um, you know, someone who's been following the team for you know, a long time, I think, is, I, I, I would say maybe relieved that this team finally has a chance to compete on the biggest stage. A lot of primetime games coming up as the schedule is set to be released on May 11th. We'll make sure to have an episode that uh, following week, breaking down the schedule and seeing how many primetime games the Jets actually end up with because it's Peter King of NBC Sports said, um, the Jets are expected to have six or seven. Um, and Adam Schefter said he wouldn't be surprised surprised if they had you know six or seven or even eight so i mean it, it it's a crazy time it's gonna be different a lot of late nights and a lot of sunday nights i i, I suppose here um you know i the one o'clock games were nice because you can just wake up and know that it's a one o'clock and your week was set um but you know with the sunday night games monday night thursday night it might be a little different so um no complaining from me i think the national stage is something the jets aren't used to, but I think that's a good thing. I think they're ready for the national spotlight um, after years of being out of it, and I think they're finally ready to break the Sunday night football curse and finally play on Sunday night, right? I, I think it's uh, in due time. I think they haven't played they haven't played on Sunday night since 2010, I think, so it is certainly, they're certainly up to do so, and this will likely be the year. With that said, um, I want to break down the NFL draft and what the Jets did or didn't do, um, you know, all over the Thursday to Saturday span of last week. Um, before that, a little long snapper news. I wanted to throw in Thomas Hennessy getting a four-year extension from the Jets, a really reliable guy. Um, I believe he's the longest tenured player on the Jets, so that speaks a lot about how the Jets feel about him. And, you know, he's been here for a really long time. So shout out to Thomas. I think he's, you know, he's definitely the highest paid long snapper now and, uh, Deservingly, I you know he he definitely deserves to be here for life, a jet for life. So um, you know, shout out to Thomas, and uh, hopefully we get uh, many more consistent years and snaps out of him. So congratulations to Thomas Hennessy there. Um, and then jumping into the draft a little bit, um, I honestly I want to talk a lot about it, but I want to summarize first. So the Jets obviously had. Um, a plethora of picks in the later rounds, honestly. Uh, they traded back a few times and ended up picking seven players. Um, so the first round pick at number 15 overall, Will McDonald. So this pick obviously surprised a few people, um, kind of the Jets, whole Jets fan base, to be honest. But um, looking into Will McDonald a bit and, you know, kind of breaking down the film, I see why I just liked him a lot. And I see why Salah talked about converting him from a 4i to a 9-tech player. Um, it's because he is much better, much, much better on the outside. And, you know, he's more suited for that speed rusher role rather than the interior double team trying to break a double team role. Um, he's not that big of a guy. So, I, you know, in the NFL weight conditioning program, he'll gain some weight and, you know, he'll be able to take on bigger linemen. Um, but in the NFL, you're tasked to you know, maybe play in a different spot than you were in college and test to, you know, take on possibly a bigger role as well. Will McDonald played um, at Iowa State for a few years and obviously could have actually declared last year, but ended up staying in school. Um, and obviously that worked out for him. He's a top 15 pick. But um, at the end of the day, I think Will McDonald obviously surprised pick. Um, 
with Broderick Jones coming off the board at 14 to the Steelers, and obviously the Patriots were the ones trading back, um, it begs the question, were the Jets always going to pick McDonald at number 15? And I really doubt it. I honestly think that he was there, so they picked him, and I bet he was probably their top rated player on the board at that spot um, with Jones off the board, but I think they would have gone tackle. I think they would have gone Broderick Jones, you know, despite the report that we saw. I know Daniel Jeremiah came out, and I do trust him a lot. Honestly, he's a great mind, of course, draft mind, NFL mind. Um, regarding the NFL draft and the Jets, he's usually been right on the money, um, to be honest. So you got to take his opinion um, pretty heavily, and he said that the Jets were always going to pick Will McDonald, even with Jones on the board. That might have changed with Skaronsky, um being on the board there, but at the end of the day, you know, the Jets get a really talented edge rusher in Will McDonald, and I think, you know, they're pretty happy with it. You have a guy like Carl Lawson on the outside along with McDonald, Jermaine Johnson, um, and then the interior gets a little stronger, actually, with the addition of Al Woods. I do want to jump into that a little more later on in the episode, but as it stands right now, your edge depth is looking better, right? You have Carl Lawson, who is was a cut candidate earlier in the season, but I think they he ends up sticking around possibly on a restructured contract as they try to fit under the cap for the 2023 season, still awaiting that Rodgers restructure that we're all supposed to be seeing in the next few weeks here. Um, you know, supposedly it's supposed to be, um, you know, really team friendly. So I want to see how that looks for the Jets in the coming years. But at this point, you know, I'm, I'm really comfortable with what the Jets have at the edge. And of course, the signing with Al Woods, um, I can just jump into it right now. You know, a big guy, 36 years old, coming from Seattle. Um, not too traditional in the way the Jets like to run things on the defensive line with Al Woods because he's more of a staple. Um, I don't see him rotating in and out as much as, you know, a Jermaine Johnson or a John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams would. Um, so I think he's going to be that staple at nose tackle, um, which they need. They need a run-stopping nose tackle who's over 350 pounds um, because they didn't really have that before. And the signing of Al Woods, obviously a one-year deal. Uh, curious to see the exact uh, exact you know dollar amount on that. But um, as it stands right now, you have um, you have Will McDonald obviously at the edge, Carl Lawson. Um, you move inside a little bit. Uh, you still have Jermaine Johnson on the edge, John Franklin Myers, Quinton Williams, Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, who they also scooped up from Seattle, and now Al Woods. So you have Big Al in the middle uh, with Quinton right next to him. I think that's going to actually prove really helpful for Quinton because I think Al is going to attract a few double teams, um, kind of like Sheldon Rankins last year, but Al's just a much bigger, stronger force, honestly, in the middle of the defensive line. Sheldon Rankins is more of a you know pass-rushing DT um, where Al Woods is really just a traditional old school stop the run, you know, just nose tackle. So the Jets have missed that since Foley Fadukasi left in 2021, I believe. So now you get that back with, uh, with, with Woods, you know, under contract now in gangrene. So really cool to see him coming in and, uh, taking on that, that traditional nose tackle role that we know he has played so well for so long in his career. So excited to see Al, um, get started and uh, you know in in notably before training camp and you know I thought they would probably make this signing more towards the July August um, but I think teams were probably interested in Al Woods' services so I think the Jets had to probably scoop in um, you know pretty fast and I think Quan Alexander is another name to watch in terms of a guy who can return to New York on a one-year deal um, you know I think a lot of people a lot of Jets you know media heads thought Al would probably go elsewhere for a bigger role and more money. 
Um, I know Joe Caparosa talked a little bit about that on his podcast, Badlands. Um, but honestly, I don't think the market materialized as Kawan expected. So I think he may come back to the Jets, you know, on maybe a smaller dollar amount, hopefully. Um, you know, I think Kawan's worth it. I think he was worth it last year. Um, I think he proved to be really, really beneficial to the young guy in Quincy Williams. And I think next to CJ Mosley, he proves to be a force as well. And, you know, Mosley plays basically 100% of the snaps. So it's split between Kawan and Quincy. Um, and sometimes they played with them, you know, all on the field, Kawan, Quincy, and um, mostly Quincy being that weak side linebacker and, you know, Quan also being more lighter in the box. And it's always interesting to watch a guy like Quan play because he's a hard-hitting, really, really smart guy. Um, and, you know, he made that huge play against the Dolphins early in the season at home um, on the fourth down. It's just, it's really good to have a guy like that, high energy, high motor, um, comes out with the quotes in training camp. You know, you have to have a guy that's motivational like that for the locker room. And I think Quincy Williams is kind of turning into that guy. And, you know, I'm really happy they extended Quincy Williams, not just because the Jets have to bring back his brother um, in Quinnen, but Quincy Williams is just, he's a monster, right? When he's on, he's on. Um, when he's off, he's off. I, I think there's, you know, there's a really high floor, um, a really high ceiling and a lowish floor with Quincy Williams. Um, but he's proved to be more of that higher ceiling player in year three. Um, and I think, you know, uh, with the Jets, I should say. And, you know, I think, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think it'll prove beneficial that they brought him back. And, you know, hopefully they can, you know, sway to Quan uh, to come back as well. So I believe Quan posted on Twitter today that, uh, you know, his line is open. His, he's waiting for the call, right? So um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets reached out in the next couple of days to see his status on him. But that could be a signing that can happen more towards, you know, June, late May, July. Uh, who knows? I mean, if, if Kwan's still out there, I think you scoop in and uh, scoop up Kwan Alexander. So um, that will be that in terms of free agency um, and players on the roster. Go over a few more draft uh, draft-esque players here. Joe Tittman in round two at number 43 at center. I love it. I think, you know, they brought back Connor McGovern on a one-year deal. Very, very, very team-friendly. I think it was like $1.9 million. Um, so Joe Tittman gives you that long-term center, gives you that long-term, um, you know, insurance at center. I think, you know, you have Joe Tittman. And I heard from, you know, a few Jet sources in terms of beat writers that they said, you know, Bang Jones might not be off the table. I believe that was Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic that said that. Um Honestly, I could see it. I could see Jones coming in here, but that kind of closes the door on any kind of McGovern start, I think, for 2023. I think Joe Tittman ultimately will win the job, honestly, uh, right out of the gate. I I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, though, if Rodgers wanted a veteran presence at center to start the season. And then as Tittman progresses, you know, he kind of takes over the role by the end of the season, and then by year two, he's full go. Um, Or they might just roll McGovern or Jones if they pick him up you know, the whole season. I could also see that. So um, there there are a few there are a few options for the Jets at center and, and for them to continue to um, you know work 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 as a team and, and and continue to build up that offensive line. Speaking of building up the offensive line, in round four at pick one twenty they pick Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh. So this player is really interesting. Carter didn't play a lot of games in 2022 um, or 2020, yeah, 2022-2023 season at Pitt. Um, he missed most of the season. Um, I believe it was, I don't know the injury. I don't want to say it was an ACL. I think it was like a meniscus or something like that. I know it was in the knee. Um, 
so he he was out for the majority of 2022 but he's a really good player i thought i thought carter warren at that spot was good value for a player that could turn into your you know long-term left tackle um i also think that warren is more pro ready than you know more gave him credit for you know people gave him credit for in the draft i thought he was um you know, a little more refined than some of the tackles that were taken even maybe earlier than him. Um, but obviously they have higher ceilings than, than Warren was projected to have. Um, but he could work out. You know, I think he sits behind Dwayne Brown for a year or two and gets acclimated with um, the speed of the game and, you know, how to play left tackle in the NFL. I think he'd be a really good player for the Jets. And I think they took him at a good spot for them to develop and, uh, you know, turn him into a quality player. Next pick there was... A big one. Um, this was probably my favorite player in the draft that the Jets picked was Israel Abdekanda, um at in round five, pick one forty three, uh, also from Pitt. Izzy is a beast. Um, Izzy to the hizzy, as we're going to be saying hopefully more than once this season. Um, he's an explosive player. He he plays with a lot of speed um, and he generates a lot of power. Um, it's just going to be really fun to see him, you know, run behind Brees Hall. Ultimately, when Brees comes back healthy, hopefully that's earlier rather than later, but I think they picked Izzy up as some insurance for, you know, earlier this season. I think they plan to run Izzy a bit. Honestly, this season, I could see him getting a lot of run, especially if Michael Carter, um, you know, isn't involved as much in the game plan, and I think they kind of strayed away from Carter last year as he wasn't playing the best, um, but I do I do think that Michael Carter still has a future with this team, but I think they're trying to just have some insurance at, at running back just in case Brees doesn't, um, you know, isn't back to full health by, say, September, end of September. Um, Izzy's going to be there to take his spot and help carry the load for the time being, but he, he's a game wrecker, man. Izzy is a really good player. Um, you know, he, he, he I believe he ran for like three 360 yards against Virginia um last year he, he's a monster um and super athletic the one you know the one kind of kind of trait that we got from Joe Douglas's draft was athletic freaks I mean the RAS score relative athletic athletic score for the Jets draft this this year was like the most by far for any draft of any NFL team this year um it's not surprising Joe Douglas likes his athletes and he likes taking the swing on you know, kind of converted corners or, you know, converted linebackers. And, you know, speaking of a converted linebacker, moving to Zaire Barnes. Um, Barnes is interesting. Um, I, I think he's a good player, and I think the Jets – I think he's he was a protected UDFA, so obviously take it with a grain of salt in, in terms of, you know, how much he's actually going to contribute to the Jets this year. But I thought Zaire was – what the Jets like to do a linebacker and on special teams, I think he's really physical. Um, he's really, uh, Western Michigan, by the way, he's really, um, you know, he just has all the tools to be a really, you know, off ball, fast linebacker. And I think they like taking that kind of guy who once played safety in college and now he's playing linebacker in the NFL. He'll be used on special teams, I think, primarily um, to start the year um, and then possibly transition more of a linebacker role. Um, say when Mosley leaves or, you know, uh, Kwan leaves. Um, but, you know, Zaire Barnes is interesting project. He's a pick that is not really surprising, to be honest. I see people saying he was a UDFA project. Why are you taking him, you know, in, in the, in the fifth or sixth round, I'm going to be honest. It's not, it's not that crazy because you're just throwing darts at this point. And, you know, their next pick here, um, 
Jarek Bernard Converse, cornerback from LSU, more of a safety probably in the NFL, is another dart throw by Joe Douglas and another athletic freak, right? He's another guy from LSU, has played a ton of football, um, and, you know, just another guy in that RAS score who, you know, blows out of the water in testing, right? He's just, he's a beast, um, you know, in terms of being an athlete, and, you know, the Jets, you know, take chances on those guys. They take chances on guys who um, can play multiple positions, are, vers- are versatile, can play, you know, safety cornerback and play in the box. They love doing that with guys who are, um, you know, very well equipped in doing so. And, you know, I think the Jets are um, looking for a guy, especially in in JBC here, uh, Jared Bernard Converse from LSU, who can play that safety position and develop into a guy who the Jets can play at safety long term. Uh, they tried it with Jason Pinnock last year, and I thought it worked, but they ended up just you know letting him go to the Giants. Um, but I think I think Bernard Converse can turn into a quality player if they give him time to develop, and he's played, again, a ton of football in college. Um, I want to move to this last pick real quick before we uh, end this here because we're already on 17 minutes. Um, Zach Kunst, tight end, Old Dominion, um, another athletic freak by Joe Douglas here. Uh, 10 out of 10 on the RAS. I think that's the greatest score we've seen from a tight end of all time. So that that's very interesting since the RAS score is implemented. So, um, you know, shout out to Zach Kunst, who is just an athletic freak. He's 6'8". Um, you know, I think Connor Rogers put it you know, perfectly is just a really, really tall, super athletic wide receiver. He doesn't really block. Um, he's listed as a tight end, but I think the Jets do want to use him more in the slot. This is the guy who I'm going to be going to be watching in, you know, the preseason along with Izzy. Um, I think Zach Kuntz has a lot of potential. I think, you know, he reminds me kind of a George Kittle in a way, just the way he plays physical, uh, much bigger than George Kittle, obviously, but Kuntz obviously needs to get a little more consistent um, to play a consistent role in the NFL. Um, but I like his potential, and I think the Jets, this is a perfect dart throw if you're Joe Douglas and the Jets, and you're just trying to get a guy who can, you know, play two to three years down the road once, you know, Tyler Conklin and C.J. Usama's contract drop. Um, this is a guy who could really develop into a really nice player with, you know, obviously Jeremy Ruckert being more of a blocking-style tight end um, for the Jets in the long term. So, um, yeah, that's the Jets draft class. I overall, if I had to give it a grade, probably, you know, a B minus C plus. I thought they addressed a few needs, um, possibly reached on a few players. But listen, when you're in a win now year and you're trying to build for the now, I think you're going to try to pick players that are going to help you now, right? And Carter Warren, Zach Kunst, um, and Zaire Barnes may not be those players. But when you're drafting guys like Izzy Abitakanda, Will McDonald, um, you know, guys who are just going to have a bigger role, Joe Titman probably going to have a bigger role next year. Um, it, it speaks to the theme you're trying to go with in this draft, and that's, you know, draft guys who can, you know, soon to be have an instant impact, and also, you know, draft guys who, you know, are part of your future plans, right? Part of your future, you know, developments as a team. And that's, that's like, you know, Carter Warren, Zach Kunst, um, and, and the rest of the draft class that are probably not going to see much playing time this year, but are definitely, um, you know, going to see time in the future. So with that said, that's a long episode um, <laughs> going over the draft class. Uh, not too much Aaron Rodgers talk this week. Just know that he's loving New York and has been to a bunch of Knicks games already at MSG, Rangers, Knicks. So with Sauce Gardner, um, Sauce talking about Jessica Alba today and, you know, him not knowing who she is. It's just, a, it's, it's a fun time at Wings at Drive right now and just, you know, 
living the moment because I think this is one of the best times to be a Jets fan is the offseason. Um, but hopefully this season changes that. And then one more thing here, Randall Cobb also signing a one-year deal with the Jets as well. Um, so that was expected, but Rodgers gets his old buddy there back. Um, and, yeah, just holding out hope for a Quan Alexander signing soon here as well. Um, and just checking the fee here to see if we missed anything as well. I feel like I do always miss one or two things, and I go back like 10 minutes after the episode's over, and I'm like, crap, okay, I probably should have talked about this one as well. But I think we are looking pretty good. Um, so with that said, guys, I really appreciate everyone tuning in for this episode of the Game Plan Pod. If you have not already, make sure you follow my Instagram at New York Jets Game Plan, Twitter at New York Jets Game Plan, and make sure you, you know, read all my stuff on Instagram. I really appreciate you guys, you know, just commenting away on all these posts even if they're a little negative i mean it's it's what we're here for to conversate and disagreements are healthy right so don't don't uh shy away from you know uh talking the talk and trying to you know talk jets with a few friends on the post and stuff like that so i appreciate everyone tuning in for this episode of the pod and i will see you next week um for probably a schedule preview since that comes out the next day so we might you know maybe predict the schedule and maybe give an early record prediction the week after after the schedule is released so we'll break it down the wednesday following so again really appreciate everyone tuning in for this episode and i will see you next week with another one of these